Hello and welcome to another edition of Conversations Beyond the Pew. And I'm pretty excited today because I'm getting to interview Catherine. And you're like, well, who's Catherine? Is it, you know, is it famous Catherine? Well, okay, she's famous in my worldview because Catherine is an everyday, ordinary person that has figured out how to live life and go through some dark times. And she has figured out how to manage. And so I thought, you know what? I need to interview her because I think all of us go through some difficult times and we have to figure out how to get through it. And we don't know always how to do it. And so just her story, I think, has a lot of power to it. Um, she is a, a member of my church, and so you can find her in the pew if you want to like show up and be like, hey, I got a question. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Um, she's also happens to be uh, in the leadership of the church. Um, but without further ado, uh, introduce Catherine. Welcome, Catherine. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad we could finally sit down and, and do this. Um, there is no beer uh, because we're recording it in the church. However, uh, if we were recording in a bar, I, I would have bought you one. So. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sunday afternoon. I can't, I yeah. can't quite take it. Um, so I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, like kind of, I don't know, like maybe a little bit... Um, those valleys, uh, or how even how even you got to this church, like that—that's kind of an, a story in and of itself. Okay, um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, born in Riverview, moved to let's see, just south of Houston before I turned one with my family during all of the layoffs at Ford back in the '80s. So I grew up in Texas. Um, we had a pretty devastating, um, I don't know, loss um, when I was in high school, which brought the family back here to uh, Michigan. I met my now husband when I was in high school, and his family had a house in Lincoln Park. We bought the house in Lincoln Park. The church was right here on the corner, and we said, hey, let's get married there. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So that's kind of, you know, we got married in this church, our daughter was baptized in this church, and then I decided I, I was missing something in my life and started uh, attending the church regularly. Okay, after like a break. Yeah, there was a good seven, eight year break. Okay. Um, and during that time, um, that seven, eight year break, like that was a, a time where there was, it was a rough patch in life. Actually, that patch wasn't too bad. Okay. I just, you know, we had our, you know, we had financial difficulties and everything, but I still felt something was missing. Okay. Um, you know, like, you know, back in Texas, you know, we lost my brother um, in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. Mistaken identity. He had a blue car. This other guy had a blue car. He was driving down the road, had his windows tinted. The guy said, hey, that's probably him. And started shooting at my brother's car. Mm -hmm. um, shot him in the head. Wow. 
Uh, so he died instantly. So, you know, he wasn't suffering or anything, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. Horrible loss for us, but we did donate his organs. So we did si- save five lives, oh, which, wow. you know, we're still in contact with one of the families. Oh, that's great. She actually showed up to my wedding here. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. It felt like yeah. he was here. Um, but I don't know. Just after I had my daughter, um, you know, going to different places with her, I just felt like you know, even just sitting at home, I felt like something was missing in my life. And I decided, you know, maybe I should go back to church. And so I did. And I've been feeling better since. Okay. Um, I know with uh, your brother passing in, in that difficult period, what were some things that helped you get through that period? Oh, God. Um, it took a very, very long time to, uh, to get through that. I mean, I stopped going to church. I dropped out of the youth group. I stopped hanging out with my friends. I I basically stopped. I dropped out of cheerleading. So you isolated yourself. I did. You you began yep. to isolate yourself as you were in pain from this yeah. tragedy. Yep. We um after he died, we moved back here to Michigan. It was my junior year in high school, okay. which, of course, was difficult in itself. Right, making new friends. And, right, yeah. which I did not do well at all. I got into fights at high school. I, um, I found out that I could graduate early, so I oh, did. Nice. Okay. I wanted nothing to do with anybody. Yeah. I would call my mom every night telling her I wanted to go home. Yeah. And um, we just... You know, we made it work. We had family. We talked. I tried going to church with, you know, the family. I went through the motions and just... Not so much. No. And then, um, I don't know. I I don't know what did it. I just, you know, I was talking to my dad, and he was telling me about, you know, the parole hearings coming up for the the guys who, um, who killed my brother, and he kept telling me how... He would write the parole board and tell them that, no, they needed to stay in jail and that they needed to be punished. And I got tired of having all of that hate inside of me. Okay. And I had to let go. Ah. I ended up just saying, you know what, they've, we've taken their life. They've been in jail. I mean, they were 20 years old okay. when they went to jail. It's yeah. been over 20 years now. We've okay. taken their life. Yeah, they yeah. have nothing if they get out. They've lost their childhood. They've lost their 30s. They've lost everything. Yeah. Um, Them starting over now, they have no skills. They have have nothing. They have no family. Yeah. What what did I get out of that? Mm -hmm. I I didn't get my brother back. Right. Right. I I, I don't want this hate in my life anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I had to let it go. I had to forgive them. Ah. I had to forgive them, and then I started feeling better. I started saying, okay, this... I feel lighter. I don't have this mm-hmm. cross on my shoulders, you know? Right. I'm not mm-hmm. carrying this burden of what they did that I couldn't do anything about. Right. So it, it was your decision. It's not because somebody pushed you into it. Um, and just to be clear, I wouldn't have said, oh, you have to forgive them. Oh, I, no. I, right. No. It, but instead, it was this this moment, this realization of going, I don't want to carry this around anymore. This right. is just too much. Mm-hmm. And so it became almost like you had to practice laying it down. Right. Yeah. I mean, we saved five lives. Yeah. I had to look at it that way. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, my brother, he had a full scholarship. Mm -hmm. He was number 
five in his class of 300. He was, you know, the best of the best, in my opinion. He was the best brother in the world. Yeah. I mean, besides my other brother who's still alive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. We won't. We won't mention that. Um, I didn't realize there's <laughs> the other one. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, good too. Still cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But I um, mean, he, he was, you know, the best, biggest brother anybody could ever ask for. He included me. He didn't think of me as like the, you know, the little sister who didn't he didn't want around. He included me. Yeah. And you know, it was just he was like the coolest person ever. But. By him being gone and us saving five other lives, I had to look at it that way. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe there was purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that's like Kathleen, who who got his. I want to say it was his either his liver or his kidneys. I, I don't okay. remember which. She now has more grandchildren. Oh wow! She can now spend time with her family. Yeah. She sends us a card every holiday. She oh, sends wow. my daughter birthday cards. She's yeah. She was at my wedding. I mean, she yeah. was at my brother's wedding. Yeah. She came to, um, or she called my mother on Mother's Day one year. I mean, she yeah. she's in our lives now. So it's yeah. like he's there anyway. Nice. Nice. So I had to let go. Gotcha. The only, that's the only way I could move past it. Yeah. And so once you started moving past it. it what what did life become like? Like you said, you were isolating, and then you had to make this decision. So, what was life like after you decided to? I I started opening up to new things. I you know, okay. I originally I, I dropped out of college. Okay. Um. So I went back to school. Okay. Um. Of course, I ended up dropping out again because I got married, and then I got pregnant, and you know. Life. Only do so much life. Uh, yes. Other things of life. But since yeah. then, I've gone back. I've gotten my degree. I've gotten a better job. I'm, you know, I've, I've made something of myself, right. and I feel better about myself. I feel happier. I start looking at the bright side of things instead of just going right to the dark. Gotcha. And, um, you know, there's other people in my life that are still, you know, looking at the, oh, but that's so horrible because of this and. Mm-hmm. It's never going to work because of this, and you kind of have to, you have to look on the bright side sometimes, and you have to kind of, you know, sometimes it's harder to see the light, mm. but you have to look for it. Yeah, because otherwise you go into a place where it just... Where you don't want to go. Right. It's hard to dig out. Yeah. And then once you do dig out, it's like, whoa, wait, I've... I've, I've never I don't, seen this. I, I, yeah, and I don't w- ever want to see that place again exactly wow um so as life is you've had other challenges in life Mm -hmm. but how has that impacted the way you move through other things is it that that you focus on the light whatever it is or do you find what are some things you find you're able to do when moving through um, I look for, like I said, I look for the light. Yeah. In some situations, it's much harder to find. Okay. Um, sometimes you have to let other people see the light for themselves. Mm. You can't force people to see your way of thinking, which has been very hard. Oh, yeah. Um, you have to be patient. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's... Oh, patience. Oh, I hate patience. I was not born <laughs> right. with patience. I have had to learn it. Right. But um, I have learned it. And I have... 
I've learned a lot of patience. <laughs> and, um, but it's helping because I've learned the questions to ask. Okay. Um, you know, when the people that I love start going into these darker places, I mm-hmm. ask, well, why do you think this way? And what makes you do the things that you do? Oh, wow. So that I can better understand it and maybe help them focus more on the light. So instead of being critical and judgmental and saying, no, you, you've got to stop looking at it this way, you can only look at it this way, instead you take a, a totally different approach, mm-hmm. which I think uh, generally we have, a tr- we have trouble taking that different approach. We want to just difficult. tell people what to do yes. instead of um, coming alongside of them and, and asking some questions because yes. only when they make the decision are they going to change, uh, is anything going to change. Or only when they see why they made those decisions. Ah, yeah. Right. Like going, oh, that's where that stems from. Right. Uh, wow, that's excellent. Um, so how do you think, um, so going through and how, how do you see this shaping who you are as a person? Like just all the life experiences. Just and I, I hope it's made me a better person. Um, I know, like at work, you know, I, I'm okay. a manager at work. I have about 10 people that report to me. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, you know, everything that I've gone through and things that I still continue to go through. Mm-hmm. I've, like I said, I've, I'm asking these questions now. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go. You know, we're always mm-hmm. learning new things, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, as people or other people are going through difficult times, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I, I can empathize yeah. with them. And, you know, we can discuss what's on their mind. And I have more of an open door. And I, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, whatever, you're going through that. It doesn't affect me, you know. It's more like, okay, I understand what you're going through. Take the time that you need. Let me know what I can do to help you. And it's not like, oh, I know know what you mean. Because I don't know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes through it a little bit differently. Yeah. But it's more of... I've kind of been there. I kind of understand. Yeah. And if I can see them starting to go to a dark place, I can start asking them the questions. Nice. It's a a real sense of empathy. Mm -hmm. Like you really have empathy for other people. Um, And and sometimes it's in the workplace. It's, it's kind of been a little difficult to manage because some people do take advantage. Right. Right. But I, I would rather that than me being heartless. Ah, yes. Before. The cold, heartless one who yes. doesn't care. You live or die. Did you make me any money? Exactly. Right. I used to live by that. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get a job done. Okay. And now it's more, I, if I make a few friends, that's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it's really permeated everything. Yeah. It's It's permeated your personal life, your home life. And your your job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's kind of interesting when we get to have those experiences where we don't let the experience crush us, but instead we learn from it. Yeah. You ha- I mean, if you don't learn from it, it will crush you. Right. I mean, I, I, I was in a very dark place for a good, I'd say, 10 years. Yeah. And it was refreshing Mm -hmm. to finally forgive them yeah on your terms yeah nice 
Um, I know it, back of several months ago, um, for listeners, I did a, a, a sermon on forgiveness because it is that it's this weird thing mm-hmm. of uh, it has to be on your terms. Like you can say, well, the Bible says, well, the Bible says a lot of things. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there's also this sense that um, even when you can't forgive, that you can give it to God. Like, even when it's like, you know what, I can't, I'm not the one to do it, you can shift it over to God. Mm-hmm. Um, like, these boys are men now. They don't know that I've forgiven them. Right. I've never sent them any type of correspondence. I've never sent their lawyers any type of correspondence. Nothing. I just, I don't want them in my life. Right. Yeah. I don't want it in my heart anymore. Right. You just, you don't, you don't want it to poison your life. Exactly. You know, they did one thing. They took one life. But why be allowed to take more? Right. No. And I see how it affects my parents still, or okay. at least my father. Mm-hmm. When that time comes around every year, when they come up, or however many years, when it comes up for parole, mm-hmm. for that hearing, he goes into a dark place. Yeah. And he writes those letters and explains why they should never be released. And yeah, like you said, we've already taken, we've already taken their lives. Right. Cause what good is it doing us now? Right. They're in their mid to late 40s now. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so what about the peaks? Um, <laughs> right. We've, we've talked about the valleys, the, the dark spots, but has because you've gone through the dark places, do you experience the good times differently? Um. I think so. I mean, like our, well, let's see, our wedding was a little weird. My daughter's birth was a little weird. Um, <laughs> let's see, we got married during the blackout. Yeah, the great blackout yeah. uh, that took out the eastern United yes. States. <laughs> <laughs> but the power came on that day. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. Um, I still was still in my, you know, darker period then. I still haven't forgiven them by then. Um, yep. And then my daughter, when I had my daughter, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost died having her. Oh, my goodness. But still, she's a blessing. Yeah. I'd love to have more, but I can't. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, she's she's my miracle. She's, yeah. She's Even great. when she's being a teenager. Even when she's being a brat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very often. Um, but, no, she's wonderful. And, I mean, we have, like, to me... Every day is a blessing. Every day is is a peak for me. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. like we just got back from Hawaii. That mm-hmm. that was amazing. That was kind of our honeymoon because we never got one. Yeah. It was amazing. It was we got to see sea turtles and we got to see all these different, you know, creatures that you'd be amazed to see in real life that normally people can only see on TV or in the books and right. we got to see them in real life and it was it was amazing. So it sounds like you you really have gratitude then for life and things yeah. that yeah the, the beauty of life, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, benefited from that because I got a bag of coffee. So in full disclosure, <laughs> so I was really very happy that you went to Hawaii. <laughs> but I mean, it's like every day is like I said, every day is a blessing now, and yeah. I I look for I, I look for things now, and I can see I can see God everywhere. Hmm. And I can see, you know, happiness and people walking down the street holding hands and 
Mm-hmm. And I hope that all of this violence in the world, I can tell that it's not affecting everyone. Ah, yeah. There's still good people. There's still in good it. in the world. Yeah. And I'm clinging to that. Right. Yeah. It's not going to take over before I die or my daughter dies or her children die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is, there's so much violence uh, in the world, but yet there are a lot of good people. If there weren't, our, we would have destroyed each other. Exactly. We wouldn't be able to walk outside this building without being destroyed, right? I mean, it's, it's right. one of those things. Um, and I don't have to look so hard now to see it. Ah, so it's become easier. So, like, as you've practiced gratitude, as you've looked at days as a blessing, it's easier and easier for you to see it. Right. Nice. Very nice. Um, well, are, are there, is there any other wisdom? Um, that's quite a bit of wisdom. Uh, are there other pieces of wisdom? That you, well, I mean, I, I don't want people to think that I think everything's all sunshine and roses. I mean, right. like today's sermon. Yeah. I still saw the the suicide bomber in the you know in the you know in the sermon where you know right. where he took down the pillars and killed everybody right in revenge right I, I can still see you know the bad but I try to look at you know the good and everything because I don't want to go down that path again right um, so today's sermon uh, just for listeners was I w- I was talking about Samson uh, and Samson was a scoundrel and you really wonder uh, why that story is in the Bible except as a warning of here's when you get so stuck in your own way of living that you can tear everything down including others and so it, it was that sense where he he um, he gains his strength back and he pushes the pillars down and he kills everybody including himself he destroys it all um, so and that, to me, immediately, I thought, you oh, know, yeah. like suicide bombers overseas. And yeah. since I have so much family involved in the military, mm-hmm. that's right where I went. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, I, like I said, I, I try and I, I look for the good yeah. and I hope for the best. But yeah. I still know, I'm not naive, I still know mm-hmm. that there's evil out there and I still hope that one day, you know, people will rise up with the good and defeat evil somehow <laughs> we we keep doing it we do it piece by piece but you only can see it right when you look at the entire arc of history right and so it's hard to see it exactly. in the moment yes. it's like where but then you think of of people uh, you know even in our our own area where um they're trying to to help each other out whether it's um we have a significant uh opiate crisis in our area and um, you see where um, judges and community leaders are coming together and saying, we have to figure this out. We have to do good. Or we see even the, our police force uh, in Lincoln Park uh, is trying to reach out to the community. And so they do this, um, uh, the police uh, cares um, cops cares thing where it's like no we're trying to build bridges and show and bring everybody together and so there's like these glimmers of hope that you see usually it's around us usually you don't it's hard to see it on the news because yeah. only the bad things seem to get press yes. because they know they can sell more advertising and mm-hmm. sell more things right. um, like somebody posted on Facebook uh, oh, earlier Facebook. today was uh, share if you believe that the media is the cause for all of the hatred in the world. And I said, no, 
No. I said, no, no, I was raised to believe or to think on my own. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if all of us were raised to think for ourselves and to, you know, to love each other like we were intended to, then there wouldn't be this much hate in the world. Right. We feed hate. It's, it's easier to feed hate. Right, it's right. So, but a person feeds their own hate. Right. By what they consume, whether it is media, Facebook, uh, or their beliefs going deep into some dark mm-hmm. belief system. Um, people feed what they want. Right. Again, back to Samson. Exactly. He was feeding that perception of it's his way or the highway and revenge. Oh my goodness, that man. I don't I don't know why we tell that story to our children, except for as a warning, but that's not how we ever present it to kids. It's like, no, Samson's strong. Isn't he great? Right. No, no, he's really yeah. not. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, Samson's not. Yeah. So. Um one last question. What piece of wisdom do you try to live by? I know it's a hard one, and I ask. I'm asking everybody that I interview that. Um, I guess just to me, I just I keep my head up, and even when I'm feeling down, I try and smile through it. If I if I don't believe it, I fake it until I do. Okay. Nice. Um, somebody has asked me to do something uh, a podcast, an episode along those lines. Um, so that's. That's a good segue into that one. Um, well, you know, I get those headaches. Oh, right. Yep. And, you know, I had them for about two years before I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And so every day I would have to get up and just fake it. Yeah. Fake that I was feeling okay. And so they've kind of returned again. And so I'm just kind of faking it until I can feel better again. And today I finally started feeling better again. So Yay. Yeah. Yay so. for that. Well, thank you for coming in and uh, letting me do this. Uh, and chatting with me because um, I think you have some some good wisdom for the world. Uh, and like I said, uh, if you've got questions for Catherine, I, I hate to tell you, but you're just going to have to show up and ask her. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you uh, so much. And to all the listeners out there, may whatever you're going through, uh, may you find some peace. May you find and figure out a way to get to go forward so that uh, you can see the day more as a blessing and find that gratitude. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.